0: 104.7 The Cave, KKLH, Marshfield, Springfield. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network.
1: Touchdown, Kansas City!
0: Now, it's time for Ned Talk.
1: If you're looking at your clock and thinking, gosh, these guys are on an hour early, you're wrong. You didn't spring forward. (laughs) Here we are, beautiful day in March. March Madness going on. Baseball is back in action. And we are in the studio. I'm Joe Weston, joined by Ned Reynolds. Ned, how are you? Doing just
2: great. When the sun's out and the temperature is rising, it beats the devil out of that, well, less than blizzard that we had on Friday. But over and above all that hopefully no more please please let's have sun and warmth and good feelings and peace
3: john oliver is with us how are you sir uh i'm i'm better i'm relieved for obvious reasons and then as our you know friends across the pond would say i'm still a bit cross
4: (laughs) and josh roberts is with us too you have friends across the pond Oh, hi. I thought Ned was going to say sun's out, guns out. (laughs) Sun's out, fun's out. Or buns out, yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) There's so much sports to talk about. And
1: I know you guys are edging to talk about baseball, but we're not going to start there. We're not going to start with basketball. We're not going to start with baseball. We're going to start with football because some Mm -hmm. big stuff happened this week. Let's go back a a few days. Mm -hmm. And the news came out a little early. That Aaron Rodgers signed a $200 million contract with the Green Bay Packers. And then shortly afterwards, our friends in Denver loaded up all the draft picks that they could, drove them over in a dump truck (laughs) onto Pete Carroll's doorstep and dropped them off. And they got the best quarterback on the market other than Aaron Rodgers... What would you think of that move? Well, I, th- I thought it was extremely interesting
2: in the way it happened because if there was ever any doubt that Denver was going to get Aaron Rodgers and he was on the hook, then it was certainly alleviated when less than an hour later they get Russell Wilson from Seattle. <laughs> he was being dangled there for Denver, and I'm quite sure had Green Bay not come up with the treasure chest that they did at the Fort Knox, $200 million, $50 million a year, that I think Rodgers would have gone to Denver. Huh? But No. Now, the guy's not an idiot, despite what you might think of him. He's not going to turn <laughs> right. that kind of a deal down. $200 million, the richest in NFL history. Uh-uh. So he accepts that and says, okay, we'll agree to that. Come on, more. come on, Russell Wilson, get uh-uh. on down here. So Russell Wilson, I think, is more than happy to leave. I don't think he and Pete Carroll were... Uh, dinner buddies or drinking buddies or Christmas buddies or anything (laughs) like that. So I think he's happy to get out, and I'm not sure, because Denver unloaded a lot. A lot. Two first rounds, two second rounds, two fifth rounds, and their quarterback, Drew Locke, who is, while he's not great, he is certainly an Mm -hmm. effective quarterback, I'm not so sure they didn't unload a whole lot. It really isn't Drew Locke. It's Noah Fant, the tight end out of Iowa, who is a really good player. Mm -hmm. And the lineman, and I've forgotten, Shelby, is it Shelby Harris? Is that the guy's
3: name? I believe so, yeah. Uh, Mm
2: -hmm. Who is also a very fine defensive player. Plus all those draft picks, that's a lot Mm -hmm. to give up.
3: What do you think, John? Uh to piggyback off of what Ned said what struck me the most about this is the fact you know I've heard a lot of criticism of the Broncos and including Noah Fant in that I think hurts it hurts the fans it hurts that team but Denver was to a point of such a low with that rabid fan base and I've been there in Denver they had to do something and once the Rodgers domino fell Russell Wilson will absolutely help that franchise it's it's vital they had to get a quarterback and you know drew lock is serviceable and i i don't for one moment think he's going to be seattle starter i'll t- we'll talk about that later but it's it was a it was a desperation move and they really had to do it so i don't fault them for what they did
1: they got a lot out of that deal though i mean they're going to be able to build a team through the draft and denver will not they're going to have to do it through free agency yeah. what are your thoughts Josh,
4: Well, I, I heard a comparison of this to the Herschel Walker trade to from the Vikings to the Cowboys, or from the Cowboys to the Vikings, yeah, sure. I mean, which basically created the Cowboys dynasty because they gave up <laughs> so many draft picks that that's how they got Emmitt Smith and Troy Aikman and all that. I, I don't... Well, I mean, who knows what that's going to do for Seattle? I mean, they, they've got carte blanche for the next year, and so that's really going to help them... Uh, But I agree with you. I think it puts Denver in an interesting position because if, if they gave up that much just for Russell Wilson, we all know that the quarterback is important, but you've got to protect him. You've got to build a team around him. That's going to be tough for Denver to do. As far as the Aaron Rodgers thing, it is ridiculous to me that they gave him $200 million. He is a player in the decline of his career because he's getting older. It's inevitable that his skills are going to diminish. And they just gave him the largest contract in NFL history. I mean, I think that's a big mistake on their part. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Russell Wilson for a second. He's a guy.
1: Uh, yeah, I'll be honest with you. When I think about NFL quarterbacks, sometimes I struggle to find his name in my Rolodex of of mind, and it's not because I I like him. I'm a huge fan of his, but sometimes when I sit and What's that guy's name? What's his name? And it takes me a minute to go. Russell Wilson. That's the name of the quarterback in Seattle. He's had a he's had a very good career. He's also been on his ass quite a bit during his career because Mm -hmm. they've not protected him very well in Seattle. He's going to face the same thing in Denver, but he's a guy that can handle it. And I don't know what you think, Ned. He's top five quarterback. Mm -hmm. I think he makes Denver.
2: A marginal contender in the yeah. AFC West. I'm not going to say that they're coming up and going to meet the chiefs nose to nose. they might depending on how the seasons work out. but I do think it makes him a marginal contender. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's you're absolutely right. He's a fine player. his careers at Wisconsin and North Carolina State in college. The reason he doesn't immediately come to mind is the team that he's played for, yep. Seattle Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Now, he had them in the Super Bowl. Keep in mind, he had a win right there in the mm-hmm. Super Bowl and didn't come out that way. but. It was right was there. The guy is very good. He's also a scrambler. Mm-hmm. He does and fits into the mold of the lateral movement-type quarterbacks for which they're looking now. And uh, I really think he helps the uh, Broncos quite a bit and makes them at least a challenger, a moderate challenger to the Chiefs.
1: He's got a rocket of an arm, oh, too, yeah, for a guy his yeah. size. The knock on him when he came to the NFL was that he was too short to be a quarterback, mm-hmm. and he's played amazing football, One. Super Bowl championship, another should-have-been Super Bowl championship. Thank you very much, Pete Carroll. You've got <laughs> and something to
2: say. he is also an outstanding baseball player. That's Thank right. You He's a, he is actually <laughs> yeah. under
1: contract to the New York Yankees. Right. Thank you very much. He usually goes to spring training with That's them. That's right. What do you think, Son? Think about Russell Wilson
3: with the Broncos. Well, you guys you know, touched on the point that I think is the most telling for Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is a top five quarterback. I've never denied that at any point. He's not, I think people sometimes think he's a little bit older than he is. He's still right in his prime for an NFL quarterback. And you both said it best, Ned and Joe, he won that first Super Bowl. And all I remember was Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson. And for the lack of running Marshawn Lynch... On one play, Mm -hmm. he fell out of favor, and he's been forgotten. And that franchise has backtracked ever since that point. I won't get into my feelings on Pete Carroll. But (laughs) at the same time, he did tremendous things, and they never helped him. I will counter that Denver will absolutely protect that investment. They will do whatever it takes to make sure he's not on his back all the time. And if you go out and, you know, you look at some of the free agents, somebody that's close to home, you know, Byron Pringle, if you get him with a guy like Wilson, a young hungry player that might be able to turn the corner, there's options out there like Pringle that could really make that team kind of a a Cinderella next year.
1: Well, a wide receiver hit the market today, Jarvis Landry. That's right. He is going to be available apparently via trade Mm -hmm. from the Cleveland Browns because they're They've got Amari Cooper in their back pocket right now. What do you think about Russell Wilson with the Broncos,
4: Josh? Well, I I agree with you. He's a top-five quarterback. Um, if they can protect him, then they're going to be a scary team. I don't think that'll happen this season necessarily. I think they've got – because they've put themselves in such a deficit as far as getting more players. But I think, yeah, I mean, it makes the division – I mean, now you've got – Mahomes, you've got Herbert, you've got Russell Wilson, and you've got Derek, Derek Carr. Carr. I mean, mm-hmm. so you, <laughs> it's stacked with quarterbacks. That's what I was going to
1: ask. Yeah, that's my next question. You're listening to Ned Talk and Water 4.7 The Cave, your local live sports talk show. My my question to all of you is Who is the AFC West the best division for quarterbacks right now? As far as I'm concerned, yes. Yes. Because yeah. yes. yeah, i
2: qualified, so yes. Because you do have all these young guys. And even though Mahomes has been around now for several years, he's a kid. Good gracious. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, all the others. Derek Carr is the old man, and he's still not very old. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think the that division
3: is the best one for QBs. What do you think, John? I think it's absolutely the best division for quarterbacks. If you look at those four, and, you know, we talked about how underrated Russell Wilson is. You look at, you know, poor Derek Carr. That guy's done everything he can to try to help the Raiders win. He's a great, great individual. He's a leader. He just hasn't had the personnel surrounding, and on top of that, most of the personnel unfortunately gets brought up on charges around him. So <laughs> he, yeah, it's definitely the the best conference for quarterbacks. I don't now. think
1: I don't think John Gurdon did him any favors while he was there. No, no I don't.
4: I <laughs> think he coached him too much. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, I mean, I think those four quarterbacks you could put them up against any other conference. The four quarterbacks in those co- other conferences and. They'd probably stand above. I mean, mm-hmm. I the next one I think about is the Bills and Dolphins and mm-hmm. Patriots. Who's the fourth team in that division? Jets. Oh god. Well, yeah, that kind of ends it all right. <laughs> yeah, that, that kind of <laughs> knocks them back down. Yeah, they the got Jets, three really good quarterbacks and then the Jets. Yeah. The Jets are like a negative. They take yes, quarterbacks they actually do. good
1: quarterbacks <laughs> away.
4: Mm-hmm. Um let's stay on the
1: quarterback thing. Well, let me t- touch on this really quickly. Your thoughts, and again, quickly, your thoughts, is Patrick Mahomes still the best quarterback in the AFC West or is Russell Wilson? Mm.
2: He's uh, not only Mahomes in the West, he's the best in the NFL. Okay, I think he's the top plate. Uh, Aaron Rodgers notwithstanding. I wish they had played against each other last year, but mm-hmm. that never did come to pass. Right. Nonetheless, no,
3: Mahomes is my choice for the NFL, not just the AFC West. John? It's Mahomes' title to lose. What I hope occurs from this is that having... Uh, Russell Wilson in the division pushes Mahomes to be even better.
4: What do you think, Josh? I think right now you can say Mahomes is the best. I think with Herbert coming on strong, that that guy's got a lot of talent that Mm -hmm. could materialize in the next few years. And Russell Wilson, I mean, he may, this may be the, the, new genesis for him. He may Mm -hmm. thrive like he did when they won the Super Bowl. That'd be Mm -hmm. scary. If he doesn't have to run 50 yards laterally
1: (laughs) on every play, Russell Wilson may be the very best quarterback in the NFL. We Mm -hmm. don't know. We don't really know. He's not protected. He's never been protected, even at the worst that the Chiefs offensive line has been, and it's been bad. Over the last few years, Russell Wilson has not been as protected. There was another big quarterback move this week, Mm Carson Wentz, that was a big surprise to me. And I, I, I heard you guys talking about it, uh, Mike and Ned, when you do your morning sportscast with each other, which, by the way, if you listen to that, because it's awesome, very insightful, mm-hmm. I, I, I was totally surprised that the, the Colts gave up on Carson Wentz so quickly. Your thoughts?
2: I'm not totally surprised. I am utterly astounded. <laughs> astounded because when they let him go, uh, who do they have? There's uh-huh. nobody there. They well, have a couple of taxi squad guys and that is it. Uh-huh. Now there will be some free agent QBs who they'll have to make a deal for somewhere along the line because they, they can't rely on the draft. Uh-huh. But to unload a guy after 1 year who threw for over 3500 yards and I think it's 27 touchdowns if I remember correctly, that's that's not bad uh-uh. and it isn't it's not his lack of leadership that the Colts didn't go very far. There are other uh, contributing components to that. I thought Carson Wentz a pretty good player.
1: Mm-hmm. What happened to the guy that was their quarterback 2 years, 2 or 3 years ago? I can't think of his name right Andrew now. Andrew Luck. No, not Andrew. Not Andrew Luck. <laughs> uh, I can't think of his name right now. Um, but he he had a pretty decent season and it seems like he was they, they were they, they were pretty dead set that he wasn't the answer. And so Are you referring to Jacoby Brissett? Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. That's it. He's a good player. I just
2: He's not he's, he's not
1: yeah. the uh, not the overall
2: leader right. that you're looking for and I think didn't he end up with the Patriots? I believe so. Yeah. Yep.
1: He had a pretty decent season a couple mm-hmm. of years ago and really all they need in that team is somebody to turn around and hand the ball off cuz they've got such a good oh. running game. <laughs> such a very good running
3: game. Yeah. Taylor well, Taylor's going to be an all-time great before he's done there.
1: So what do you think this does
3: to the Commanders, John? Uh, I think it instantly improves them. I mean, it gives them a reputable quarterback. I mean, if you look at their quarterbacks over the last, you know, four years, it has been a committee and it has been embarrassing. So, you know, from Dwayne Haskins to Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick, I mean, it's, it's the also runs of the league.
1: This guy that they had. And again, I'm, I'm sorry. My my brain Rolodex is not working too well these days. <laughs> they had a kid who played backup for them this year that got into a couple he came games.
2: From Old Dominion,
1: yeah, and, I was uh, impressed that, with him. He's uh, not
2: bad, huh? yeah. Taylor uh, Henicky, yeah. Heneke. yeah. Heneke.
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. So, your thoughts on uh, on
4: on Carson Wentz going away? I agree with Ned. I think it's ridiculous that the Colts let him go when they have nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they had a if they had their eye on Russell Wilson or if they were you know, doing a big trade of some kind, it would have made sense, but it doesn't make sense for them to let go of the, I mean, he was probably the one of the best players on their team <laughs> with their running back aside. So it's, I don't understand it, uh, unless they're in that mode of let's just, you know, we're going to make money regardless of whether we put out the good product. Did they get draft picks for that? <clears throat>
2: You know, I don't think they got very much of anything. I think they got maybe a third-round choice or something like that. It was very underwhelming So
1: they're not not trading up. Real quickly, this name's being mentioned in conjunction with the Kansas City Chiefs, Christian McCafferty. What do you think? Well, he's a top running back.
2: There's no question about that. He's tough. He may not have the great breakaway speed that a lot of kids do, but... My gosh,
1: and a great pass receiver.
2: His record at Stanford was unbelievable. And then what he's done with the Carolina Panthers, I think he'd be a really good running back. Now, there's the key right there, though. Why does Carolina want to unload him? Is it because they perceive that, what's he been in the league now, four years? Uh Is he at that four year? crucible, where perhaps he's going to go downhill. Uh, they could be witnessing that. The Chiefs have made deals before for top running backs, and they haven't done a blasted thing right. with the team. <laughs> I would hope McCaffrey's not, or McCaffrey, I should say, is not in that in that realm, but there may be. There's a reason why they're letting him go.
1: Mm-hmm. Some wheeling and dealing going on in the NFL. When we come back, we'll uh, talk a little baseball. Ned Talk, I'm four point seven. The Cave.
0: listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network
1: last couple of weeks we've been lamenting about the baseball lockout this week came to an end just <laughs> suddenly just after no news everything got kind of quiet and then bang we're done we got a deal we're ready to play and i'm sure that there's a lot of opinions and thoughts around this table so let's start sharing those we'll start with you ned
2: well john says that uh, to paraphrase the the um, our cousins across the big pond <laughs> hey i'm a bit cross <laughs> i'm not i am downright <laughs> grumpy I think it's the whole thing, the whole episode was so totally unnecessary. A contract that they arrived at could have been resolved by December the 1st if they had sat down with rational individuals, taken some of the acrimony, the animosity out of all of this. I, they're going to find out that level of thinking does have a detrimental effect with the public, even though they are going to play 162 games and the season's only delayed by a week or something like that still. All of what goes on really does not resonate very well with the public, and certainly not with the businesses of Florida and Arizona, where their income or economy has been compromised, maybe not totally, but certainly to a great respect. Now, the settlement of the contract is, is fine. I think every side got what it wanted. I am very surprised, however, that the executive base the executive players, all of whom are very wealthy. They are, I don't give a damn what anybody tells you. They are controlled by the agents. Mm They are agents. Mm -hmm. And that guy, Boris, he, uh, he, of course Mm -hmm. you can't, he needs to, he's kind of a a Putin-type individual. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, he was advising them to turn it down, and they did. Eight to nothing, they turned it down. So they go to their player representatives, who they have to carry the real power. Well, we're advising you to turn it down. Turn it down? Look at this. All right, guys want to play ball. The hell with you. 26 to 4 it was approved. That's right. Owners ratified it 30 to nothing. I think that told the executive committee, you guys better pay attention to what you're doing. You're not in there for a team's representation. You're you're in there for yourself and put your ego out in the trash can somewhere. Forget about that and do what's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally, I think we get a deal. I do have problems personally with an entry-level job entry-level earning (laughs) seven hundred thousand dollars a year gee many christmas and don't think that doesn't resonate with the public as well anyway my feelings are all right let's get on with the game forget about all this although i am my fan aspect of things which is wrong for a reporter to do has certainly been compromised
1: Mm -hmm. what do you think john
3: uh you know, Ned repeated my quote, and I, I'm more grumpy than anything. I just figured I'd try to be, you know, somewhat delicate about it. Uh, I had completely stopped paying attention after the last failure before this deal was reached. I didn't know it was done until my older son texted me while he was at school and said, baseball's back, and I thought, no. So I went and looked. Um, I I think a lot of this was financially motivated, obviously. I think the owners thought Manfred could do what he thought he could do, which was break the union. That is not going to happen. No matter what you try, you will lose seasons after seasons trying to do so. The thing that gets me is, and I know other sports writers and media members in the nation called for this that were just as frustrated as I did. I posted on my social media that everyone who is upset about this situation needs to cancel their major league baseball television package And I've heard multiple sources say that happened in Moss with a lot of people and don't think Major League Baseball didn't look at that and go, uh oh, this is a big public relations nightmare. Baseball still did damage to itself. As far as I'm concerned, they did lose some people that aren't going to come back because of exactly what Ned said. In the beginning, the owners were being totally unreasonable, and I agree with that, and Damn Rob Manford for what he tries to portray himself as. But the key is at a certain point, Major League Baseball started kind of edging towards the midpoint. And then the players, no, 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 we're sticking to our guns. You know, I know fifty is between a hundred and and five almost, but no, we want eighty. And you talk about that minimum salary, Ned. You want to talk about trying to get sympathy from the wrong crowd, $700,000 a year. We're just providing for our families and making sure the future players are taken care of. You know who the last dullard, even though I'm a fan of his, and this is the worst quote in sports as far as I'm concerned, when the NBA was in its lockout years back, Patrick Ewing came out (laughs) and said, man, we're just trying to feed our families. Well, Patrick and baseball players, I, I know you had to accept poverty level conditions, but you might just have to get your Whopper without cheese for a little while. <laughs> ah, it is such a childish game between millionaires and billionaires. Salvaging the season helped the mass exodus, and it averted what I referred to as crisis mode that baseball would not recover from. They're going to have to do some serious PR and don't think for one minute the fact that everybody's on board with banning the shift, the universal DH, pitch clocks, all of that, that that doesn't have to do with trying to make fans like the game more.
1: What do you think, Josh? You're not our baseball fan.
4: I'm not. You know, I'm I'm the the casual baseball fan, and I had decided that I wanted to follow baseball a little closer this year, and it kind of took the wind out of my sails when they did the lockout, Mm -hmm. so... I am back to where I was I think. I'm going to watch baseball maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm going to follow it maybe. But I'm just not I mean it's it's ridiculous to me that that these giant billion dollar generating corporations are fighting over huge amounts of money like that. And and it's at the expense of us cuz we as the fans, I just want to watch baseball. I want to see good baseball. I want to see talent out there that's the entertainment aspect of it and and it's soured for me mm-hmm. going to enhance a little
2: bit of what John said just a short time ago about the f- appeal to the fans now this is carrying things a little bit uh, to the obtuse side but one of the uh, there's a lot of cord cutting going on in this country yes. right now you <laughs> look at the numbers and you'll see the, the cord cutting and I'm making reference to satellite as well mm-hmm. people are going to streaming great you know how many streaming networks carry MLB and the Bally Sports Network? One. One. And that is DirecTV mm-hmm. Streaming. And their prices are not much below uh, what the satellite nope. is. Hulu, Fubo, uh, um, YouTube TV. YouTube. YouTube, YouTube uh-huh. uh, they Nothing. will not invest in it. And why will they not invest in it? Because it would involve them raising their rates. To almost the point where people cut the cord for that reason mm-hmm. to lower the rates. The numbers of individuals who want to watch is not very high. No,
1: that's true of all sports. Though it's mm-hmm. hard, it's hard for those streaming services to put out the money for the sports that cost so much for us to watch and so much mm-hmm. for us Joe, to. Joe, I,
2: I see what I want to see. Yeah, yeah. college basketball and the uh-huh. NFL and uh, all the ESPNs and all that. But not Valley Sports uh-uh. or or the MLB Network. Correct.
1: Well, I think, you know, different baseball is so different than the other sports because baseball has has such a large regular schedule mm-hmm. that's that's unique. I mean, basketball is kind of similar. Hockey is kind of similar, but it, it is very different. And baseball is very still very regionalized. Mm-hmm. And so that's how that regional networks work, and there's big money in that regional network. But I mean, it's that's not
2: forthcoming from the streaming network. No, no. <laughs> but that's
1: why you don't see SEC network on the streaming services, I mm-hmm. believe. Really, yours? mine, mine, you do, yes. Which, what, which, what do you have? Hulu, Hulu, yep. Hulu does
3: carry quite a few of them.
1: Really, Interesting.
4: YouTube TV carries the SEC network as well. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, like the, the one universal point is
2: they don't carry
3: Major League Baseball. Yep, you <laughs> can't see it. And Bally has done nothing on their promise to have a standalone streaming service where fans could get baseball in their local area. Well, that's MLB still has, in their the own, works. has their own streaming service. Well, they do. But however, for example, St. Louis, all of the Cardinals games are blacked out unless... Yeah. Uh,
1: that, but that's a ma- to me, that's a major point of what needs to be fixed with the game mm-hmm. is the blackout regulations are onerous yes. in baseball. Now, we've discussed this before. I think almost Josh is a Cubs fan, so we'll just leave him out. (laughs) out. You guys, you know, follow the Cardinals pretty closely. Mm -hmm. I follow the Yankees, and when they play the Toronto Blue Jays, they're blacked out in this market for whatever weird reason that I don't understand because there's (laughs) really weird blackout rules that need to be fixed with television and Major League Baseball that really need to be addressed. Mm -hmm. I don't don't get it
3: at at all. The most tone-deaf thing that MLB does is they do allow you to watch Cardinals games if you have it, but you have to wait until an hour after the conclusion of the game. What better way to watch a game in the (laughs) age of streaming Information than waiting until it's already over. I'm the dissenting voice
1: in all this. I, I I've spent about three years away from baseball mm-hmm. just because I coached and I got really tired of it. Mm-hmm. I was I was so excited the other day when I heard the lockout was over. And I'm to me all is forgiven. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. I am not a. I land firmly on the against the owners in this deal because they're it basically four owners. Mm -hmm. Four owners were holding up this deal. Uh, It could have been made earlier. Uh, John argued about the players. I'm going to argue on the other side of that. Mm -hmm. Four owners said we're not even going to negotiate this one point. Mm -hmm. And then the other point that I would make to you guys about the $700,000 minimum salary is that a lot of these guys do live in poverty up to the time that they make it up to the Major League Baseball level. And then... They're asked to live in a major market. They're asked to get around that major market. They're asked to do all the things that they need to do inside that major market. And look, you're not getting sympathy from me that somebody's getting $700,000 a year, but they have reached the upper echelon of their profession. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just like anybody else. If you reach the upper echelon of your profession, you deserve to be paid the amount of money mm-hmm. that you that that somebody's willing to pay you to do that job. If you, Ned Reynolds, you worked at KY3 for years. If somebody came to you and said, "Tomorrow, we're going to put you on Monday Night Football," which is the let's just say in its in its heyday, not Monday Night Football today <laughs> on ABC. On Monday nights, and we're gonna pay you what you're making at KY3. You'd give them the double bird right away, and it, it people deserve to be paid what they're worth. So, I, I, I'm again, I'm gonna argue the other side of this. I'm a players guy, always will be. Mm-hmm.
2: It isn't the amount; it's the perception. Yes. yes, and public perception is what all of professional sports mm-hmm. is based on because the constituency is national in that scale. Just we'll use as an example. If, if I were to be off of that, I'm one person. And, of course, it, I have yeah. that option of doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, in the case, and they don't have to live there, Joe. Furthermore, furthermore, their per diem... It, it's a lot of a, these yeah, guys. It's, it's they right. don't
1: even spend that salary. Mm-hmm. No,
2: they get it in per diem, which is what three hundred dollars a day or some <laughs> right. ridiculous it's, it's, amount. It's, a, like
1: it's that. a large amount of money. But again, it's I do believe that if you make it to the upper echelon of whatever you're doing, you mm-hmm. deserve to be paid for it. And you know the other part of that too is nobody here knows the salary that we make, what we do, mm-hmm. and that and I think that's a big mistake that all major sports make is that we. We have to know the salaries. We have to know that so that the other guy knows what the other guy's making and they can make that much money too. Mm-hmm. Does it make any difference if you walk if, if you go down to, you know, any corporate any corporation. I mean some sometimes you do know what those corporations, what the guys at the upper level are making, but you know. But Joe, Joe, to listen to us on the radio, nobody's buying a ticket. They are to
2: watch these people and the ticket is paid for by us. Mm-hmm. And that goes up every single year and every time that there's a price increase on in there. And I'm going to, I'll argue to the death with you on this one. <laughs> right. and right, 80 well, years well, old, I'm going to go before you do. <laughs>
1: here's the ticket that people are paying to listen to us. It's the commercials. We'll be back. We'll talk about the NCAA tournament next on 104.7 The Cave.
0: You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network.
1: So much sports to talk about, and we've saved the best for last for a lot of people and that's March Madness. It's going on right now. The conference tournaments wrap up today. Ned, we were discussing before we went on the air what happened. The ACC used to be the last one to play. Now they're not anymore. I think
2: it all it all depends on television and how the networks uh, <laughs> Bastards judge and TV. Mm-hmm. I think you'll find that most of them, most of the competition is is over by the time we have Selection Sunday. That's what they base it around because they tell you, the audience ratings for CBS on Selection Sunday are very, very Huge. high. And then as the night goes on, then you have the. Uh, NIT selections. Then you have the women's NCAA selections. So they've got it pretty well programmed as to what's going to happen right throughout the night. Each one lasts about an hour. Then you have your discussion periods. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's it it is a for, for college basketball fans. It's a, it's a very big one far as we're concerned locally, the Bears will not get in the NCAA. No. They, they're just not going to hope they get in the NIT. I do as well. Lady Bears flamed out yesterday. Whoa, that was not expected at all. I think they will get in. I, I do. B- I just have a feeling they're going to get in. They're just too good a team not to. And the Drury Lady Panthers in Division Two already in national competition, and they are gonzo.
4: Mm-hmm. They
2: lost yesterday. Uh, Grand Valley State out of Michigan Knocked them out so their season's over
4: mm-hmm. Oh, that's disappointing It
2: is, because they were a national championship contender This year as well as being last year
4: Yeah mm-hmm.
3: What do you think, John? This this is going to sound really bad But I think there's a lot of people in my same boat As far as college basketball Goes during the regular season I do follow Missouri State, obviously I follow, you know, some of the national teams I look at the rankings it has gotten to the point for me, and I'm sure there are others, countless others like me, where I don't really care until the tournament starts at this point. <laughs> and Good I'm point. like a kid again at that point. You know, I can try to sit down and watch, you know, Duke and North Carolina, but I'm going to be like, Ugh, I'll get bored and I'll start doing other things. When March Madness is on the television, I can't do anything else. I'm the person that's sitting there and like, okay, this game's at break. I'm going to switch over to the uh, true TV. Okay, back to TBS. Who's, who's going into overtime? Who's coming down to the last?
4: You're one of those guys that drives me nuts. Uh, (laughs) I I just absolutely love, and
3: the atmosphere is still there. That's something that, you know, is still pure. We talk about these labor disputes in baseball. March Madness excitement is still everything it is because you have kids, 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 18, 19, 20-year-olds that are pushing their limits and stepping up and I'm sorry. There's no feeling like a 16 seed beating a one that I didn't know I'd ever see in my lifetime. Only now happened I have. Yeah, only happened one time. But those upsets are what keep you going. I latched on. I latched onto Oral Roberts last year. Mm-hmm. Had so much fun watching them. It's got to be a better way of saying that. Yeah. No yeah. kidding. Well, yeah. But <laughs> at the same at the same time, regardless, it's March Madness is the most entertaining postseason. Think, John, the fact that it's
2: one and done. Your season Correct. is over. Like, mm-hmm. over, Gonzo, you're out of here mm-hmm. if a loss occurs. That's what really makes it so intense and why you see the top level competition and why you see really rough play. Yes. I mean, these <laughs> officials let them get away with
4: some. It might as
2: well be a football game out
4: there. Mm-hmm. Josh, what do you think? I enjoy the tournament, but you know what I think is interesting? Sixty-five or sixty-six teams. How many Eight. Division One teams are there now? One hundred no no, it's about no,
2: about three hundred and forty-five. I think it is three forty-five. So really?
4: Mm-hmm. For basketball? Wow! I yeah, guess I'm no, just thinking not about
2: football. In football. No, right? But in basketball. Okay, I
4: was going to say there. It, it's a huge tournament. It's a lot of teams. We complain all the time about expanding playoffs right. for other <laughs> sports, but this one is huge. Mm-hmm. But. It's it's structured well. It's fun to watch. It is cool to see the upsets. Uh, I always fill out a bracket, and it always gets blown up like the first weekend. And then I can just enjoy the games for what yeah. they are. But I always root for underdogs, and that's what's Me fun. Too. Josh, why do you suppose
2: Warren Buffett offers, what is it, $10 million? $10 million for, for somebody the perfect with a perfect, bra- bra-
4: perfect bracket.
2: It
1: ain't ever going to oh, happen. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so who's your pick going into the tournament, Ned? For a national champion? Yeah. Gee, it, it,
2: it's really ridiculous to even pick anybody. You you go to the top level of the rankings right now, and you look at the guns again. Right. I've seen them play many times, and they're really, really, really good. And Gonzaga. they're chokers
1: in the tournament too. <laughs> yeah, they and are. They always. have
2: not well, once they won a national championship. But yep. then you have the others. Duke, Duke hasn't played very well. Kentucky hasn't. They're not even playing for their championship. Right. Tennessee is. Tennessee has a nice bowl club. It really could be quite literally. Any team, including some team you may have never heard that's of right. before, that would get in there.
1: Kansas, Kansas has a good K- team. KU is won the they're the Big, they're, they're the the big 12, Twelve
2: Conference champion. They're also nationally ranked, but they've been very inconsistent. Yep they'll they'll win they'll get up there probably the Sweet Sixteen, maybe the Elite Eight, and that's when uh, that's when things get very dicey.
3: Mm-hmm. John, you. I just from I'm still a traditionalist that goes with the experience factor. And these kids have four years. So the more they play in the tournament, I think the better they're equipped to succeed. I have a hard time betting against Gonzaga. But as Ned said, the parity, that's what's, what's what makes the tournament great. The parity in the NCAA in men's basketball is so, so finite. I mean, any team could win this, get on a hot streak. And that's what it's about. It's about who goes into this tournament on a hot streak, and gets warm, warm, warm on fire during this tournament.
1: Let me ask you this, Josh, because um, you're, of course, an Alabama fan when it comes to mm-hmm. football. Do you think in a season like this where you see most of the top-level teams having, you know, five, six, seven losses, that there's not that w- team that's got one or two losses or maybe undefeated,
4: that that hurts the game a little bit as far I- as a casual fan goes? maybe for the casual fan. I mean, I, uh, but see, I, I think more casual fans like the underdog status. Mm -hmm. So they want to see the number one (laughs) lose during the regular season. Yes, And so when you, you've had a lot of that rotation all season in college this year, where the number one team's not the number one team for more than a week. Mm -hmm. And so it does make it, it makes it harder to pick a true favorite to win the tournament. But yeah, I actually enjoy that. I think that's great. I'm going to say this. I think Duke's going to win it because it's, It's Coach K's (laughs) song and sports are rigged, but (laughs) I'll tell you a team that a sleeper team that might go far in the tournament is Arkansas. Oh, yeah, they're not a sleeper. They're really really good. They've beaten everybody that was good this year.
2: A sleeper team. I'm glad you brought that up, too. If I had to pick a sleeper team, it would be one that you guys have probably never heard of that's playing for their championship right now, as a matter of fact, and that's Davidson. Oh, They, nice, are, they are just exactly the kind of team that can mm. go in there. Bob McKillop has been their coach forever and ever <laughs> and ever. He recruits exactly his kind of players, and they aren't big and bulky and power. They're all perimeter shooters, mm. and they're good perimeter shooters. That's the kind of team that can get hot, go through six games, and get right up there and give teams absolute hell.
3: Who's your sleeper team, John? Oh, my sleeper team this year. That is hard to say since I paid such little attention to the regular season. <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: Uh, honestly, I could see any team out of the MVC always seems to do well. So, to be honest, I I think that's that's your underdog. Loyola. They seem to step up to the and Loyola's been there. Sister Mary will be in attendance, I'm sure, if she's still on this planet. A billion years old. Yeah, yep. so, she's I mean, 100. they're a good team, and they've shown they can knock off some big, big schools. All right. Well, there you go. You've got our, well, our,
1: our, our sort of picks as we're going <laughs> to the tournament. The show is on tonight. Don't forget, we're going to be out at Marty's Sports Bar all this weekend, starting on Thursday. That'll be our home for the NCAA tournament. Make sure to join us on South Campbell right across from the Super Center. We'll be back in a minute to wrap up Ned Talk.
0: You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. <laughs> talk on 104.7 The Cave, a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network.
1: My biggest disappointment with the whole end of the players' and owners' negotiations is I really expected a frenzy of activity with baseball Mm -hmm. and there's not been. It's been a there's been more of a frenzy of an activity with football. That's why we started it today. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about the Cardinals for a second. Mm -hmm. Where their needs at free agencies out there what do you think they're looking for well they're
2: looking for a dh right now because the dh will be in the national league incidentally we didn't mention in baseball one of the little side notes that didn't get mentioned was a change in the all-star game that's right Did you see that mm-hmm. no extra innings in all-star games anymore if a game ends in a tie you go to a pre-selected home run derby yes oh that will be interesting <laughs> it will be uh, yeah. well let's, let's let's it doesn't take the place of the original home run no, run derby. That's, no, no. that remains in effect they'll get the top sluggers and decide it on a home run derby. Love it. But what do the Cardinals need? I think they need to look at a DH. I think their pitching staff is probably in pretty good shape, has some help in the bullpen
3: and a little bit of help up the middle in the infield. Mm
1: -hmm. Who are they looking at? Do you know?
3: Do not know. Uh, I know they signed a uh, middle relief pitcher yesterday that had been pitching in Japan for the last few years. He's a six, six six, righty or six, six
2: Vander Hayden or
3: Vander Hagen, I believe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he could be, you know, they've done well with those picks from there. Um, They are looking at Albert pools. They're one of three teams negotiating with him right now to come back as the DH, which would be, Fantastic, in my opinion.
2: Do you really? I don't.
3: Uh, see, I'd, I'd just like to see him go out with Molina and Wayne Ryan. I'm a sentimental guy. <laughs> and then that, they are looking ridiculous. at middle relief help still. Mm-hmm. They're not looking for anything up the middle, Joe, at all. So they feel pretty confident with Edmundo Sosa backing up Paul DeYoung. DeYoung did an extensive hitting clinic with one of the best in the nation over the offseason Charlie Lau, <laughs> and uh, they he's guaranteed them and they feel comfortable where he's at and then they've got Edmund and Gorman likely at second base so they they're pretty good there you're not going to see wholesale changes they're not going to get any big names Joe Kelly was a the name they thought about he went off the market very quickly they're going to be looking at middle relievers for the most part.
1: That Charlie, loud joke was good for everybody over the age of 50. <laughs> everybody else was like, well, well, what's he talking about there?
2: Yeah, you'd have to go to the mausoleum to get him. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> well, there's
1: there, he made a movie. You can watch that movie that he's in. On, about. The hitting, hitting Skills? Well, it, what was the name of that movie? I can't think of it. It was a Neil Simon movie, yeah. and uh, it was about this guy who was a con artist, and he <laughs> got back into his daughter's life, and his, his grandson played baseball, and and was not very good, so he brought in Charlie Lau yep. to instruct him on hitting. <laughs> and I, I, I remember going to see that movie as a kid and walking mm. away with some tips. <laughs> so if you want to look that up, Matthew Broderick's in it, uh it's- Chasing Somebody, I can't remember the name of it right now. I can't I just can't honestly remember anything
3: anymore. I can't remember it either.
1: Uh baseball's back, which is just to me is just the mm-hmm. best thing. I'm I'm I am really excited about it. Our sister station will be carrying the St. Louis Cardinals again this year, so I'm excited for them that they mm-hmm. have that back and that we'll be talking about the Cardinals and of course my the love of my life, the New York Yankees, mm-hmm. we'll be talking about them some a little bit too. I'm disappointed that they have made zero moves too. Yeah. There's nothing. a lot of big names that are still out in the market right now and I I think it would be detrimental to the sport further if those guys don't get signed, get into camp as soon as they can, and we mm-hmm. don't have this big drag out that we've had the last couple of years in baseball. Did I just hear you say
2: that right? The love of your life. Your wife just walked in the door, <laughs> and you said the Yankees are the love of your life? It's okay. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> She's accepted
1: it. She knows. She knows. So I've been with the Yankees longer than I've been with her. So. Oh, oh. oh, oh my. Uh-oh.
4: Uh-oh.
1: What about you, Josh? Any thoughts on uh, free agency? I mean, I know you don't follow baseball that much. I always put you on the spot no, with and, baseball and the questions.
4: I want to follow baseball more this season, but my mm-hmm. Cubs are going to be terrible because they did a fire sale at the end of last season. <laughs> they got rid of
1: everybody. Where's Bryant going to go? Like stumping in Philly, which wouldn't bother yeah. Ned at all.
3: Not at all. I wouldn't rule out a reunion in Chicago Neither either. Neither would I. Neither would I. At all. And they did pick up Andrelton Simmons yesterday, who's a really good shortstop.
1: Okay, that's good. I'm hoping the Yankees will, uh, will re-sign Rizzo. He played very, oh, he well, for very them well for them What happens to Luke Voigt. <sighs> I think Luke Voigt goes on the trading block because he. Mm -hmm. I like Luke Voigt. I like the story. I like that he played here. I like that he's from Missouri. I like his bat. But Mm -hmm. he is right-handed in an overly right-handed team that is a left-handed ballpark. Yep. He doesn't hit to the opposite field very well. And he's been extremely Mm injury-prone. And I think the Yankees decided midway through last year he is not the answer. That's why they've been in on the A's first baseman. And that's why they've been in on Freddie Freeman. They've been in on every first baseman out there. Yep. But in
2: a 60-game COVID season, he hit 22 home runs. He, he did. fantastic. Wow. He did. I,
1: I, I, I can't deny that I, I love Luke Voigt. Mm-hmm. And I wish that I feel like he should be the answer to the Yankees, but he's been very hurt yes. in his time. And he time oh, with God. them, and I think that's been the key. Well, guys, next week, hopefully, we'll talk about some signings. We'll have the first round, the first two rounds, close to the first two mm-hmm. rounds under our belt. Maybe the Chiefs will have some news for us. Until then, Ned, be safe. Always, thank you. Enjoy the warm weather. weather. John, I'll see you next week. Josh, we'll see you next week. You betcha. Thank like the intern, Corbin Campbell, Nick Fury, and our
0: friend Brian Tindall. We'll see you next Sunday for Ned Talk on four point seven The Cave.